You're listening to How Do You Decide with Megan Stafford, a podcast that explores how the decisions we make shape us, the crossroads, the difficult choices, and how sometimes the smallest decisions can have the biggest impact. Join me as I meet everyday Aussies and find out about their lives, the decisions that changed them, and how they coped along the way. This week on the podcast, it's me, Megan, your podcast host. Hello, dear listeners. Well, it's been a year since I launched this podcast series, How Do You Decide? Or at least it will have been a year when this recording goes live, because that's kind of how podcasts work. You can record ahead of time. Anyway, what a year it has been. And also what a year it hasn't been. I think this time last year, when I launched season one, I would have been thinking, oh my God, in a year from now, I'll have season two ready. Imagine the people I would have spoken to, the episodes, the structure. Oh, incredible. Yeah, well, none of that has happened. Um, I don't have a second season for you. That's not what this episode is about. So I do apologize. And if I lose you here, I totally get it. But while I don't have a season launch for you, it is still the podcast's first birthday. And I do love to celebrate a birthday. So I thought I'd settle in front of the mic and look back on the podcast and also give you just a bit of an idea about how I even came up with the idea for the podcast how I went through making it and uh, to get to the stage where it is now available wherever you get your podcasts. So from the top, I will say I am coming to you in the morning and uh, the only place I've gone viral is in my body lately. Uh, I've been harboring a few of them and so uh, I feel a bit congested in the mornings. So I might sound a bit different. I did try to record this twice already at night time when people aren't driving by, the birds have gone to bed, but uh, those two recordings have been lost to the cloud. Uh, I don't know where they went. And uh, it was, it's really great. I love that it takes me a couple of times sometimes to realize what technology, why it's not working. I didn't have enough space on my phone, so I have cleared some gigabytes and uh, here we go. So... I thought that this episode would really just be really great for people who are interested in maybe launching their own podcast or just interested in hearing about other people and how they've made something. Uh, And also, if you just want to pry a little bit and learn, see see what kind of tea I might be spilling on this episode, then uh, I see you. I am you and jump on in here. Keep on prying. Let's pry together and uh, let's go. So, To understand how I came up with the idea for the podcast or to understand why I was inspired to do a podcast. I mean, let's not go too deep into why I was inspired to do a podcast. Uh, Everyone does podcasts these days, right? And that's great. But uh, really, the reason that I chose to do a podcast comes from my background being in journalism. Uh, My day job at the moment is in a bank working as an agribusiness relationship manager which means I manage a portfolio of customers who have lending and I manage the risk associated with what they want to borrow or in what they already have borrowed. So I did study journalism uh, and in early 2020, I was, I'd been back in banking for nearly three years maybe. And I thought to myself, I'm, I'm getting close to 30. I, what am I doing with my storytelling? Uh, and so I decided that I decided that I would 
see out the rest of that year and at the start of 2021, I would leave the bank and I would travel around Australia collecting stories as I went. Uh, my plan being that in my 29th year, I would do something crazy before I turned 30. Well, uh, like season two, that has not happened. That did not happen. Um, COVID came along and really made it impossible to travel around anywhere, um, even down the street to get your coffee. So I abandoned that plan, but I had had in mind thinking about leaving. I looked in my calendar to think, what day will I leave? I wanted to have a date in mind so that I could have something to look forward to. You know, um, sorry, customers, love the bank, love you. Also wanted to be excited about this, you know, uh, two things can be true. So I was looking at my calendar and I was pretty set on February sometime. And then I just sort of scrolled across to March to have a look. And I saw that the 4th of March, you know, was towards the end of the week, 4th, 4th of March, 2021. And I thought, oh my God, that is a countdown uh, as a date, 4, 3, 2, 1. I love it. I love it. it. I'm adopting it. I'm doing something amazing on that day. I'm. That's the day that I leave and I begin my trip. Also, I will say anyone that comes at me with 4, 3, 2, 0, 2, 1 is the correct date. And so it's not really a countdown. That's the kind of negativity I'm not here for. So um, yeah, get out of my life. Anyway, 4321 was in my mind as a date that I would leave. COVID came along. And so the year kind of, you know, compressed and that year really contracted. And so suddenly I found myself in January, 2021 and 4321 was looming before me. I wasn't leaving. I wasn't doing anything really with storytelling and I was feeling really, really flat. And so of course, uh, to try and buck myself up. I went to my kinesiologist, Karen. Now, I love Karen. Um, she Pop culture has not been kind to Karens, but Karen is not one of those. And so I went to her and was sitting there trying to get balanced. And she said to me, Megan, I think you're focusing on what you don't have. And you, you could focus on what you do have. And I said, Karen, <laughs> that kind of positivity is not what I'm here for. I want to be in my spiral of despair. And if you can't help me with that, I mean, I know I've come here saying that I want to be balanced, but I kind of want you to just, you to do that and me to just be able to sit in my wallowing still. That would be great. So I was very resistant to what Karen was saying to me. Um, and she persisted because she's a professional um, and uh, probably has come across uh, someone similar to me a time or two before. And so, <clears throat> so Karen said to me, okay, let's think about what you do have. Okay, four, three, two, one. Okay, maybe you, you can't go on this trip, this, this big, long, year-long trip. Well, what could you do? Do you have some annual leave? Yeah, Karen, I do have some annual leave. Uh, I said resistantly, like, I know where this is headed, uh, into a positive realm, don't want to be there. So she kept going, and by the end of my appointment, I'm glad to tell you that I was like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't at Karen's level, um, but I was thinking maybe she said some good things. Maybe I had to hear those things and yeah, maybe I, maybe I could do something like maybe I could. So I went home and, and I had a list of things that I could do, you know, like across the gamut of, of storytelling, but I had landed on podcasting because of its immediacy. The fact that I could go out, get some interviews, which is what I love to do and then come back edit them and have a project finished in the same year because I really realized what Karen was, you know, saying as well is that it's just like 
you can get so caught up in in the long the long term and what you don't have but if I could just get some things finished then that would make me feel better so I chose a podcast format and went home and thought my first step is going to be trying to find some people to interview so I'm going to call my old dormitory mistress I went to boarding school in high school so that's what that means if you aren't familiar with boarding school so she was my guardian through high school uh, and so I contacted her because I know she knows a lot of people and then also my boss when I'd worked at a newspaper the North Queensland Register uh, in my earlier years when I was actually using my journalism degree and his name's Jim Poehler so I called contacted both Miss Valentine and Jim Poehler and said to them look I'm going to do, do this podcast series I want to talk to some people this is sort of what I want it to be about do you know some people? And Jim Poller said to me, Megan, I'll think about it. And look, it seems like Jim Poller is still thinking about it because I uh, never got any names off him. But thanks for the effort anyway, Jim. I know that you sat with it. I know you did think on it. I know you just had a lot on your plate. It's totally fine. We will rebuild. Uh, Miss Valentine, on the other hand, said, Megan, give me 24 hours. And I thought, love this. Okay, give her 24 hours. And within that time frame, she came back to me with these long text messages of six names of people that I could contact. It, it wasn't just their names, but it had like a couple of sentences about who they were. And she'd already contacted all of them to let them know that I might be in contact. Now, I'm not, this, this podcast episode is not about gender politics, but uh, I will just say very different energies here from Jim and Mama V. That's what I call Miss Valentine. Uh, and, uh, neither is good or bad um I'll try and stay neutral there uh but it was amazing it was so great to have Miss Valentine have that message and suddenly within 24 hours I had a list of six potential names and I ended up interviewing four of them so the podcast series ended up having 12 episodes four of them came from Miss Valentine zero came from Jim Poehler none big fat donut um didn't even get a donut from Jim Jim Poehler would have would have appreciated something um anyway if you listen to this episode Jim and you start to feel guilty or if Someone knows Jim Poehler and they're listening to this episode and tell him about it. I will accept a coffee um, or, or a donut. That's, um, that's fine. Now, I had spoken to, so I had spoken to both of them. I'd got the names. But before I go on about how I kept on going and going and going, I just want to pause as well to talk about leading up to that point in 2021, not only had COVID happened and sort of put things a spanner in the works, but, you know, also... I do want to say that it wasn't, even if COVID hadn't happened, I really wonder if I would have been able to leave the bank because I was really terrified about losing my main source of income. Um, you know, I this podcast is not about how to monetize podcasts because I don't know that step yet. Uh, you will learn that I just sort of learn the steps as I go. I don't go and do the, re, the, the research of the full process. I'm not that kind of gal, uh, which we'll get more into as we go. Anyway, I... Uh, well, I do just want to say that it is scary to leave your job. Um, I had done it many times before, but in my earlier 20s. And you know what they say, that the brain is forming and, you know, your perception of risk and things. And maybe having a job where your main job is to manage risk had also sort of helped my brain develop those uh, sort of perceptors to be able to be like, oh, maybe this is uh, a bit risky. Whereas in my early 20s, I was like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world. I don't care. I don't need money. So there was also that that was you know, playing on my mind, not just COVID, can't blame COVID for everything. Uh, but this bit of a half husky voice, if you can hear, do blame me COVID, I do. 
Um, not that I have it now, but you have actively worked to bloody bring me down. Anyway, the other thing that had happened in 2020 as well was that I went to a book signing. Um, it was a book event, book launch for Trent Dalton's second novel, All Our Shimmering Skies. Book shout out to Trent Dalton, read all of his stuff. It's amazing. At the event, I ran into a woman that I had interviewed previously, Rita, and I hadn't seen her for years. So I walked past, I was like, oh my God, Rita. She was like, oh, great. Fantastic to see you. And then it was very polite and, and we left it at that. And then I went back up to the bar to get another drink and Rita stopped me and said, love, how do I know you? And I, I realized I'm not as memorable as I thought I was. Well, this is a humbling moment. Uh, and Rita's, once I told her, you know, I we did this interview da, 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 back in the day, she said, oh my God, of course, Megan, I know you, da, da, da. And um, was, you know, really, really lovely. And I'll be honest, I did just think she's just being very polite now because she feels, you know, embarrassed that she didn't remember who I was, which is fine. Everyone doesn't have to remember who I am, I guess. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so I just thought she was being polite, but it turned out that Rita was not just being polite or if she was, she went like dialed it up the other way high because we were sitting there waiting at the end of the um, event when Trent's been interviewed, he's walking around all the tables and so we're sort of sitting there waiting, my friend and I, for him to come over uh, and then my old English, high school English teacher, she cuts in front of me, she's like, oh Megan, I hope you don't mind. Um, look, Caitlin, I did mind a little bit but actually it turned out for the best for me so really in hindsight I guess I can't mind but at the time I was like oh, yeah I do I do mind a bit but I also still have the respect that you're a teacher um, even though we're no longer in a high school environment so she's talking to she's talking to Trent Dalton and we're sitting there patiently also kind of wanting to leave uh, and then Rita walks up with the bookshop owner who's running the event uh, she then cuts in front of Caitlin so you know what if you cut in you get cut in on um, and says, Trent, I really want you to meet Rita. Trent's like, Rita, lovely to meet you. And Rita says to Trent, Trent, it is lovely to meet you too, but I really actually want to, you to meet Megan, my friend Megan here. She's the second best journalist in Australia after you. Didn't I tell you, she dialed it up the other way. I've not been in journalism at this point for years. I have, my byline has been on nada. And Trent Dalton is, you know, in the biz. He hears my name. He knows that he's never heard of it. So... He knows this whole second best journalist in Australia thing is is not true. Um, I don't know why I'm unpacking that it's not true. I think upon hearing, you will know that that's not true. Anyway, it was just a really lovely thing for Rita to say. And uh, I was then getting to talk to Trent. And I thought, this Rita, I'll tell you what, um, we've gone from not rem remembering me to her like making my night. And she then said to Trent, look, she's not in, she's not in journalism anymore. We've got to get her back writing. We have got to convince her. And so I realized that she was actually trying to get Trent, use his power somehow as a novelist and a journalist to get me back on the path of storytelling. Anyway, Trent was really lovely about the whole exchange. Um, I feel like we did have a connection. Um, I'm going to be egotistical enough to say that. Uh, and so I left that night and I was on such a high from, from that and, it was like, Rita is just so lovely. We'd reconnected, shared phone numbers, maybe emails. I'm not sure. Contact details were exchanged. And so a couple of weeks later, I went and had a lunch with Rita and she brought along a woman, Bronwyn, who I had also worked with when I was at the North Queensland Register. She works in the JCU library and we'd done some research stuff together. So 
we sit down and I'm, I'm just thinking it's a lovely sort of reconnecting lunch and want to really thank Rita for what she did on the night of the book launch. And then I, it becomes apparent to me that Rita has taken on the project of making me a writer again um, very seriously. And she's brought Bronwyn along, not just for us, to, the old gang to get back together, but to be like, Megan, what could you do? Could you do, do you want to do a book? Do you want to do, um, you know, an article or you, you could do a podcast? Like, what could you, how can we get you back there? What is your passion? Where can we help you? And uh, just to have these people who were really, you know, on the outer fringe of, of acquaintances in my life, to have these people rallying for me was really an incredible experience. Uh, and one that I really wish that more of us had. And I just think it's so fascinating that the the biggest support was coming from people that, you know, didn't know me as much because I think the people that are closest to us worry and they're more invested in making sure that we are okay. You know, I often think about my parents, they them standing in front of um, a, a whiteboard or a blackboard, you know, like the uh, the coach and they've got like all the plays in front of them and they're like, okay, okay. Uh, I think we, we should try and move that play for her because I think that would be really good. Uh, and they're just there hustling, trying to trying to make it work for me. And I'm just there like, um, I've got this other idea of a play. Um, I'm actually not going to play this sport anymore. I'm going to go and um, twirl, uh, twirl with a, a hula hoop. Uh, that's okay. Thanks. Thanks though. Anyway, so that was also going on and had really made me really sure that I wanted to get back in and do something. So those were the events that sort of led to me feeling really flat. I felt really disconnected from 4321 happening and making that promise to myself and now it wasn't going to happen. I felt disconnected from storytelling and that these people were like, you know, rooting for me and I was just there going, mm, I'm, I'm just here banking, thanks. Uh, and also just disconnected from the whole of Australia because of COVID. So a lot of disconnection was happening hence why I was feeling so low, went to Karen the kinesiologist. That was mid-January. Uh, three of the four names that Miss Valentine had given me were people that live in Charters Towers. And so I thought, well, that's really easy because I live in Townsville at, at the moment and I'm, that's only an hour and a half inland from here. So I can absolutely go and interview those three people and just see how that feels. And by this stage, I'm like, you know, parroting what Karen has said, like one small step at a time. I can just do this. Like what, what can I do? Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be four, three, two, one. I'm going to go and do these interviews. I'm booking them in, in two weeks time. So mid January, see Karen, get the names. End of January, I go to Charters Towers and I do the three interviews. Now the two weeks in between, uh, I feel like some people listening would be like, but how, so before you interviewed, like you don't even have microphones. Yeah, right. I didn't have the equipment. You like, do you have the skills to interview? Uh, how do you even make a podcast? And so in those two weeks, I've got to tell you, I didn't actually do a whole heap. I did get microphones, um, which I'll talk about in a second. But uh, in terms of skills, I guess that I was quite lucky in the sense that I had done a journalism degree. So interviewing skills, I was feeling very confident with, you know, I'd done a lot at the North Queensland Register. I looked after page two, which was the North Queenslander series, interviewing people about their lives. And basically that was the format that I wanted the podcast to be. So that I was feeling okay with. Then the other point, I guess, was making a podcast, like what do you do? And I knew all I needed to get was the audio. 
I could figure out how to actually make a podcast after the fact. Friends were sending me through, oh, here's like a little course you could do about how to make a podcast. Uh, here's an article to read, etc., etc. But to be honest, I just prefer to go in and figure it out as I'm going. I came to the conclusion um, at the beginning that I need to really just get this done. So it doesn't have to be perfect. And anything that is getting in my way of, of the podcast is probably probably going to be my perfectionism. And so, yeah, I could do that course. But of course, then I would be focused probably on, on topping the course or, you know, really involved in learning, learning all the ins and outs and the technicalities that I just didn't believe I needed to know. Uh, and, and also like in terms of editing the audio, I also, my degree had also taught me or introduced me to Audacity, which is a free, free software that you can download and edit, edit audio. So I had some experience with that and I knew that there were tutorial videos that would, that would be like, everyone's making a podcast now. So, and there's the internet. So that was my fallback position. And those two weeks, I really, I really just did my job. I just did my day job and I did go to JB Hi-Fi and also um, a, I went to a musical place in Townsville, Alfie's Music, something like that. I'd already done some research on what microphones I could use and they had, you know, the whole spectrum of, of gear. But uh, I knew again that I didn't want to have an actual microphone that would be in front of my mouth and in front of my interviewee's mouth because that to me is just a barrier. I want, I knew I wanted to be interviewing people about their lives and I wanted them to feel completely comfortable and forget that they were even being recorded. Everyone's nervous to start. I'm nervous, they're nervous. And, you know, I just didn't want to have to have a lot of things. And also when I wasn't even sure, like, oh yeah, put on these um, headphones and um, I guess just feel out the experience. And if you feel like you're popping, um, maybe just figure that out. I just thought, no, if, it, if the audio is bad, that's on, that's on me and I'm just going to go ahead with it. So I told the guys at this musical shop that I just wanted something that would be, I'd be able to travel with and, and use my phone. I just wanted to be able to download an app, record in that, um, and off I went. They told me about the Rode lapel mics, I think, which I ended up getting. They didn't have any, but I went to Camera House, actually. It wasn't JB Hi-Fi, although JB Hi-Fi, thanks for all the help with all my other goods. I went to Camera House and I actually got these Rode lapel mics and this guy gave me there a, an extension cord so that you could, because what it is, it's like a little, um, if you Google this, you'll be able to see because podcasts you cannot see. So it just plugs into my phone and it has two outputs. So you can plug in a lapel mic into each and in the middle you can put headphones. I never wore headphones when I was recording my interviews. Uh, sometimes I wish I did and other times I'm really glad I didn't because if I knew how bad it was, I probably would have stopped and thrown the towel in. So that's all it is. And then I just I just use an app called the Road Reporter app. I record in that. Now look, the Road Reporter app did let me down in the, the two prior recordings to this but that was because it didn't have space on my phone. So not really the app's fault, but do I wish that it had told me there's not enough space, you know, before uh, when I hit end and just went to the library and nothing was there. It was quite a devastating discovery. Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm over it. It's okay. <laughs> this recording is fine. So <clears throat> I had the, got the lapel mics. Um, the extension cord ended up being just a little bit of technical advice for someone if you are thinking about launching a podcast that extension cord ended up making the audio sound quite distant so I wasn't prepared for that and I did not know that that would be an issue and 
I didn't know that until after the first three interviews. And so I recorded, I think, two or two out of the three, I think I used that extension cord and it just made the person who was, which was always my interviewee, sound so distant, so far away, which meant I just had to really amplify their voice when and do more work in the editing stage. So I definitely do think that the better you can get your raw audio and the less work you have to do editing, absolutely. So I went to Charters Towers and that first interview uh, was actually with Terry Slack. So he ended up being episode number five. So I interviewed Terry and I turned up to his place and I was quite nervous um, because I was, you know, beginning again. And I just remember when we started, we'd sort of, you know, had a little talk and then we sat down to start the interview and Terry had his piece of paper, which he'd written out what he wanted to say which was great, but when you read something that you've written, it sounds completely different to when you're just talking off the cuff. So I was immediately like, oh no, he's going to read off that piece of paper. Mm, how do I tell him that? Like, I just, oh God, now I'm going to have to tell him. Ah, gosh, I hate to tell people things that might might offend them. So I let Terry start talking. Uh, thankfully, he stumbled on his first or second sentence and said, I'll start again from the top. And I said, Terry, it actually would sound so much better, I think, if you just tell me your story. You can keep the piece of paper there with you if you need to refer to it so that, you know, you've got that. But if you could just talk to me, that would be that would be great. So I had a win. My regret immediately was that I tell, told him that he could hold on to that piece of paper because then for 19 minutes of that episode, you could hear, you know, him stroking the piece of paper, which I totally understand. I'm absolutely a fidgeter. We've been talking about energy before we even started recording. And so I, I was trying to will Terry with my energy to be like, put the paper down, Terry. You don't need the paper. Stop stroking the paper, Terry. Uh, look, my energy must have been out of sync with his energy because he was not picking it up. Uh, and so it took me 19 minutes, guys, to get the bloody bravery to say, Terry, could you just stop? Could you put that piece of paper down, please? Anyway, so that was the first interview. And I just want to sort of go into that because... Your first interview, you know, if you are thinking about doing a podcast, those are the things that you'll, you will be feeling nervous. There'll be things that you're like, oh, I could have done this better and that. And at that point too, I was thinking, should I go back and restart the interview? These 19 minutes are going to be awful. Like I would hate to listen to a podcast with someone touching a piece of paper in the background. And then I just thought, Megan, barrier to getting it done. We're not doing it. Get it done. Just get it done. So that was the Saturday. And then the next day I went and interviewed Viv Chapman, who ended up being my episode number nine. Viv had his... Um, aircon on which I knew was going to be um, a hindrance to audio because you can hear those suckers in the background just like these bloody birds I know it's morning we're, we're very happy about it just can go and sing in another tree um, anyway so I knew he had aircon on but it was late January in Charters Towers it was really freaking hot so uh, I didn't particularly want to ask to have the, the aircon off and also Viv and Lynn are older people and I didn't want them to be sweltering so again I just had to say suck it up princess you're gonna have some audio editing that you're gonna have to do I went straight from Viv and Lynn I went home uh, back to my friend's place and quickly had lunch and then I went and interviewed Joe Nicole Furclow and by that stage too I was starting to feel like I was getting into the groove of it uh, and so I rocked up to Joe's and what I'll mention with her was that when I arrived Joe said oh gee you're young uh, and I thought, yeah, Joe, I am. I am young. Thank you for noticing. Uh, I love being called young. Um, I'm so youthful. 
even though I'm 30 now. Um, and 50-year-olds listening to this episode, I don't care if you're rolling your eyes at me. Uh, let me take my journey and get to 50 and also roll my eyes at 30-year-olds. Let us be the people that we are. Anyway, what I find interesting about that is that, you know, with Terry and Viv, or particularly with Terry with that first interview, I'm thinking, if I was professional, that was, the, that was the talk that I would have to myself. You know, if I was a professional, I would just be in here and I would just tell Terry straight away. I would have told Terry straight away that we're not reading off the paper, Terry, and I'm taking the, the paper off you, Terry. Um, of course, because if I'm a professional, I'm a condescending the arch as well. Uh, but that was the kind of self-talk that I had, you know, oh gosh, I'm not a professional. Oh, negative self-talk. But when I got to Joe and she said, gee, you're young, my first thought was, oh, and I am going to show you. Let's go, Joe. I'm here to prove it. I am a professional. So I just find that very interesting, you know, the challenge versus the victim mentality um, and the ebbs and flows that I go through. Anyway, that was three interviews in two days, um, two weeks after even having the idea. And I just think getting straight into it was the best ever. Karen, the kinesiologist, was worth every penny I paid her. Uh, I was feeling so excited. And suddenly, four, three, two, one became an idea that I could take two weeks leave and I would do a road trip and I would do more interviews similar to what I'd just done on the weekend and collate them all into a podcast series. So actually on the first night that I contacted Miss Valentine and Jim Polar, then I started to brainstorm name ideas. So um, for people who are here to spill the tea and hear some crappy ideas, uh, or maybe you'll think these are way better than the name that she chose. And you know what? Well, maybe they are. And the name is... It's not that great. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I have no idea. Who cares? It's a name. It's a podcast. It's, it's out there. So this is what I had, Crossroads, which just reminds me of the Britney Spears movie um, of my youth, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I have Decisions, or You Decide. Then I have The How, The Why and The How, The How and The Why, Reflections, and then I've written How Do You Decide. And I think, obviously, at that point, um, look, my attention span or... I get pretty impatient with things, so I think that I must have just gone, oh, we're going around in circles, and a question, I like that, um, and let's leave it at that. We've got the name, let's get into the people. So that was that aspect of it. Thinking about the 4321 trip, I uh, I actually didn't know where I was going on that until two weeks before the trip. Uh, I tell you what, down to the wire, fortnight before something has to happen, I really get into my mojo. A friend of mine, Vivian, I had said to her, do you want to come on this 4321 trip when I take it? I mean, I don't know where I'm going yet. Said that she'd love to come, but had a work conference. Two weeks out, she calls me and says, because of COVID, my work conference is now cancelled. So I could actually come to the 4321 for the start of the trip. And I said, amazing. I said, Vivian, you know how we were thinking about going to Armadale slash Tamworth for Easter? Uh, Why don't instead we go down and you can come with me for the 4321 trip and I'll find some inter- people to interview in Armadale. I'll be able to see my friends, Nick and Josie. You can go on and do your thing in Tamworth. And then we'll head back to Toowoomba where my uh, grandmother lives and Vivian could fly home. And that's exactly what we ended up doing. So once I knew that, I mean, I don't really know what I had done for the you know six weeks or so between finishing the interview and um, and then planning out 4321. I think I just had it in my mind. I probably booked in the leave. Um, knowing me probably just fantasized about it and uh, didn't really do much much actual work which ended up being great so I do know that I did not edit my audio you know if you think the next step would be to 
to edit up the episodes. What I probably did do actually was I outsourced my cover art for the podcast to my sister, Penny. Um, she's so good at these things. She's very detail oriented, which is I'm, I'm just less, less of. Uh, and so freelancer.com is a website that you can go on to. You put in what you want. So I just said, I want cover art for a podcast series, or rather I told Penny and then Penny did this. And the first brief was, I want it to be a picture of a road with signs going every which way. So you put out what you want, you put it, um, a price on it. And so I think we said 60 to 75. I don't know. I think it, it did not cost more than a hundred dollars. Like it was definitely less than a hundred dollars. And within 24, 48 hours, we had the cover art. So bid people bid on the website for the, for the work that you've put out. And then you accept them based on their reviews and what you can see on their profile of work. So we had chosen some guy, uh, and he just started, started to work immediately on, on the graphic. And so Penny would send me through them and I'd say, Ooh, that looks too animated. I know I wanted something a bit animated, but Ooh, that's not what I want. Uh, and then we went backwards and forwards. There was a person's head, you know, looking out at a road. Then that person, it was a male, it became a female, it went back to a male. Uh, yeah, there were these signs, paths. Oh, we tried so many things. And then I think it was my younger sister, um, or maybe it was Penny. I'm not sure. And I apologize to the sister. It was, uh, I'm sure they'll let me know immediately upon hearing this, uh, that found doors. They said, what about doors? And so I did a Google search image of doors. I actually found the brick um, image that is the podcast cover art and we just got the guy to change the color of the doors I think that that makes it um, um, your own work doesn't it um, anyway so we did that and then we we got the font sorted which also took a few back back and forth you wouldn't think but I'm very specific about my fonts uh, so the cover art was getting made and I did absolutely nothing in terms of figuring out how to even launch the podcast into the into the world that didn't come until after my trip. So yeah, I was just sitting with the idea four, three, two, one. Once I knew Vivian was on board and we were going to go to Armadale, I called my grandmother in Toowoomba. We call her JC. And so I called JC and said, do you know anyone around Armadale? She knew Jen Keeley, who ended up being episode number seven. Jen put me on to Hap Halliday, who ended up being episode number three. She also put me in, in contact with Bernie Shakeshaft, who she'd worked with at Backtrack Boys an organization that's based in Armadale. Bernie said, I'm actually out of town when you're going to be in Armadale, but why don't you speak to one of the boys? And we had that interview organized for me to also do, but it ended up falling through. Like the, the boy that I was going to interview, he just, um, I spoke to him on the Saturday. We were meant to interview on the Sunday. And then the Sunday morning, I just couldn't get in touch with him, which I was, t was totally fine. I don't bring that up to uh, shame him or the organization at all they were so helpful they were like immediately trying to you know dispatch people to find where he could be and I just said guys do not worry about it I don't I do not want to interview someone who doesn't want to be interviewed you know he obviously has you know at the 11th hour decided he doesn't want to do it and that's totally fine and he doesn't know how to tell me that he doesn't want to do it guess what um, I am a journalist and I couldn't tell a man to put down a piece of paper so I have no judgment just release him let him enjoy his Sunday and, uh, and I got to enjoy a great day with my friends, Nick and Josie instead. So everyone was a winner, but yeah, I just think that depending what your, your podcast style is and things, but I, things will not go to plan and you just got to roll with them. I think, look, I thought I was, I, I say that and I probably seem so chill, uh, and I was in that instance, but 
other times along the way, I absolutely was not chill. And I would shock myself because I'd think, God, I'm just so lackadaisy. I'm just so go with the flow. And then suddenly I would realize that I'm a control freak and uh, would have to just, you know, have a humbling experience again to remind myself of my own limitations. So that is life, baby. Anyway, so that, at that point, you know, I've got Jen and Hap on board. I thought I had another interview with um, one of the Backtrack boys. That didn't work out. That's fine. I also knew then if we're going from Toowoomba down to there that um, my a cousin, a distantly related cousin, Sam Bailey, I was like, I'm pretty sure he lives around that area. So I asked JC. She said, yeah, he lives at Copper, Copper Creek. And so I contacted Sam. Somehow I was friends with him on Facebook. I, I've got to say it's probably when I got Facebook and I just went through adding every name that I could possibly think of. And so I reached out to Sam and he was on board and he and his wife, Jenny, they ended up being episode number one. So I've got at that point six, you know, at that point I've got six episodes that became out of the 12. The other episodes between end of January and 4321, I was also telling people about the project because I'm very externally motivated. So I knew if I, the more people I tell, the more likely the chances that I'll do it. So I was telling people about the project and also to try and see if they knew people. So I spoke to a valuer that I work with. We were having coffee and I told him about the project and uh, bless him, he came up with a name. He said, oh, I think Robin Russell would be a very interesting lady uh, to speak to. And I ended up, I did end up speaking to Robin and she became episode number 11. Uh, But after speaking to that valuer, I, like a week later, it wasn't just him that had told me then, it was a week later, I got a call at work from Robin's son. And uh, I thought, this is crazy. So I thought, I've definitely got to get in touch with Robin. And I did. I thought, because Robin's based at Kanamala, I, I realized that that was, that was great because my housemate would be away all of March at home out past Yulo, which, you know, you go through Kanamala to get to. And so I thought, I'll definitely do Robin in Kanamala. As it turned out, Robin was traveling. And so I interviewed her in Toowoomba. And then I did catch up with her in Kanamala for the second part of the episode and we got to drive around Charlotte Plains, which was so, so great. So that was how I was getting, you know, I just want to talk you through how I was getting interviews um, because if your podcast that you want to launch is interviewing someone, then uh, you probably want to know ideas of how to get there. And really it was just asking people and then an interview would get another interview. So Sam and Jenny Bailey, when I turned up to them, they told me about Rob and Sarah Cook and that they would be really great to interview. And then I stopped in Chinchilla with my aunt and she said Rob and Sarah Cook would be great as well. You know, people would repeat things and they're like, I'm definitely a person if, if something keeps coming back to me, I'm like, okay, well, why do you keep showing up in my life? Let's go. Let's go with you. So she had also said Rob and Sarah Cook and they were friends and so she gave me Rob's number and I gave him a call. Rob and Sarah being at Thunderbird and I had Valerie Coates at Jin Jin who Miss Valentine had told me about. So I knew that then I was going to do those two interviews. Uh, well, I knew I was going to Jinjin anyway to see Val. So um, Rob and Sarah Cook was great to tack on. That that interview was set up while I was actually on the 4321 trip. So, you know, on the trip, I lose an interview, I gain an interview. Um, and then when I was also on my way back from visiting my housemate out at her property and coming back through Kanamala, uh, well, through Yulo, sorry, I stopped and saw my friend Carmel Smith and uh, was talking to her and she said, Carmel Beresford would be great to interview. Don't interview me, interview her. And I'd already contacted my aunt, Wendy, who also lives in Toowoomba. She was an RFDS nurse out at Charleville for years. And so I thought, 
Charleville would be a really good centre as well on, on the trip when I was looking at the map. So she had already put me in touch with Carmel Williams, uh, who is episode number eight. She'd also put me in touch with quite a few different people as well. Thank you so much, Wendy. She had mentioned Carmel Beresford as well. But I thought, oh, I'm going to be too full. It'll be too full on in um, Yulo with what I'm planning to do anyway. But then Carmel Smith tells me about Carmel Beresford. And th- that was literally organized on the same day of the, that I interviewed her. And as the, per the start of that episode, which is number two, I detail how I arrived and was really tired and just like, oh, I can't do this interview. Oh, God. And just had a 20-minute nap. And what do you know? I was right as rain. So, and Carmel Beresford ended up being like one of my favorite interviews. I bloody loved that interview. And I think it was timing as well. I, I really, at that point, was feeling very in the interviewee, interviewer, relationship model mode. Um, and... And also just Carmel's story was such a big one. And that's not to say that the other stories weren't big um, and or to, or to minimize what their stories were. It's just that there was something really special about Carmel's interview. And I don't know if you can hear that in the interview. I mean, it's a bonanza episode, but it was for me, and I think for Carmel, it was a very, very, it was a very, very moving experience. Like, I, you know, to be with someone when they're talking about their grief um, is huge. So anyway, I really loved that interview. I'm so grateful to Carmel Beresford. I'm so grateful to Carmel Smith for organizing that. And, you know, she was just such a champion. She's organized it. She rocks up and she's like, right, I'm going to get out of here so you two gals can chat. Just love Carmel Smith. Thank you, Carmel. And I will interview you one day. Don't think you're off the hook. That was the interview. So I had, that was 11 um, of the interviews. The 12th um, interview, the last person I interviewed was Beryl Connolly. And that was because I knew I was going to be from Jin Jin. And I just wanted to scoot on home along the coast and get back to Townsville. But I knew I'd have a stopover. And so my friend Jo, she lives in Mackay or Kamala. And so I called her and I said, Jo, do you know anyone that I could interview? And she literally put me in touch with her grandmother. And, you know, I think that a lot of people would be like, oh, God, yeah, I'm sure her grandmother would have a lot to say. But you know what? Your grandparents, all of your grandparents would have great stories to tell. But there was something really special about Beryl as well. Um, I've got to say, she was such a hoot and I just loved it. And... And I rocked up to that and Joe was there um, and she said, so what do you have, like what questions do you have planned? And I said, nothing, Joe. Like I go in, I, I just want to underscore that too. I go into interviews and I didn't have much planned. Um, and by not much, I had just, you know, would read my notes that someone had given me about the people. Um, and then from there, I would just, I would just go, go with it, which is a bit risky, but it's how I sort of, I just want it to stay conversational um, I'm not trying to reveal, get people to reveal anything in particular, but I, and I think that that then somehow magically leads to people revealing stuff about themselves. But that's just my method. And, and I bring that up because as well, when I said earlier about things going wrong and, and your process and things, also you'll have people, oh, and, and talking about how the people closest to us, you know, that sometimes it's the people that are further away who end up um, having more support for us than the people closest. And that's not to say the people closest to me were not supporting me, but the people closest to me were also like, um, do you think I can do these interviews? Um, and, you know, even Joe's face when she's like, oh, when I said I had no questions um, planned, she was like, okay, <laughs> uh, that's not how I go into a job, but cool. Great to see you're not taking this interview with my grandmother seriously. Uh, and that our friendship means nothing to you. It's not what Joe, it's not what Joe would have meant, but, you know, I did have friends, um, that were yeah questioning 
my ability and I had to really just be like, I had to remind them because a lot of them too hadn't seen me as a journalist, um, didn't know me when I was at university. And so I did have to remind them, guys, I did, I did study this degree. I know I don't use it, but also, you know, how I'm kind of like a nosy person by trade and like we get stuck into conversations with strangers. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the skills that I'm going to employ for this podcast. Anyway, so there will be doubters and the people closest to you will probably might have questions about what you want to do. And that's not just even if it's a podcast, it's about anything that you want to do, any project. But, you know, again, just think of them. They're there with their strategy board, just thinking how, how they can make sure that you are on the path to happiness and, uh, and they're just worried about you. It comes from a place of love and care uh, and you will feel annoyed by it and you will feel upset about, about it at times too. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I just had to keep reminding myself to trust myself and know that I knew how to do it, uh, which was really hard because sometimes I, I was the one telling myself that I couldn't do it. Anyway, that was how the, the podcast episodes all came together. And one of the great things when I speak about um, doing these interviews that I someone told me that had done a podcast, Heather, thank you so much, um, was that the order that you set your, your podcast you know, make sure that those first interviews are sort of spread out through throughout your your portfolio of work rather than being like one, two, episode one, two, and three being your first, second, and third interviews that you did because listeners will probably notice a difference in the quality um, and it's not like it has to be, you know, the the podcast episodes have to go in a, in a way that they have to go on the journey of that you did of sounding a little bit less great to more great so that was really invaluable um, advice and when I got home from the trip so I had this two-week trip amazing gosh I could spend a whole hour telling you stories from that trip but I got all the interviews together had all of the raw audio and I got home and I wrote a list of how what order I wanted the episodes to go in and you know I knew I wanted Sam Bailey at the start because he's so charismatic and he also his story he tells his story for a living as well and I just knew that that would be captivating and I also knew I wanted Carmel Beresford at the top as well just because that had been such a big one for me so I, I wanted to start with with what I thought were my quality episodes and that's not to say that the ones at the end weren't because then I wanted I, I wanted it to be the flow to be that you are, are reeled in and you want to listen to episode two and then suddenly episode two is different to episode one. You know, it's not just man, 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 woman, 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 or like the same similar story. You know, like if I had put Sam Bailey and Rob Cook back to back, you know, that could seem too similar or, you know, even just putting the caramels back to back and then you being like, oh gosh, you know, noticing that there's two caramels in there. So that was kind of the strategy that I, I took in terms of, of, how to set it out and also like long episode I didn't want to have it just be like all the long episodes at the top and all the short ones at the bottom or vice versa so just to make it a mix so I was able to do that perhaps if you're doing a project you'll be you know it'll be doing it more on the cuff and on the fly uh and week after week whereas I went and you know got it all together and then was able to plan out how I wanted it to look which worked for me um and was great because uh, you know, I did have my, my work to go back to as well. So then we get to the editing. Before I even started editing, I had my cover art, but I knew that I wanted to get some music and I knew that that would, look, I knew I just wanted to procrastinate putting off the editing as long as I could because it was a big job. And I was like, God, there's hours upon hours of, of audio. Oh my God. Um, what have I done? I should have been editing these along the way. Anywho. So I, 
jumped onto the Creative Commons and I started to, you can, you can search by um, themes with music and I knew I wanted my music to be uplifting. And look, do, I'm not making any comment about whether it's good or bad and uh, whether I like it still or not, who knows. Um, but I just knew I wanted it to be uplifting and I really think I hit the brief. So on the Creative Common, Commons, you can, like I used Envato um, as what I went on to, Audio Jungle, uh, that plays as sort of a an audio watermark so that you can't just steal the music. And so I had five songs that I'd sort of shortlisted and I ended up with the song that I ended up with. I'm not even sure what its name is, sorry. But, um, you know, I just made sure the licensing was all right, that I could use it for the podcast and uh, away I went. So then to the editing, um, one of the other procrastination methods that I, I used was transcription. So uh, when I very first started, I thought, oh, what I want to do is like, I'll interview these people and then I will edit up their audio. I will give them a beautiful USB stick, not just a USB stick, a beautiful USB stick with their raw audio uh, and then also the edited interview. And I will also have on that USB stick a Microsoft Word document with their transcription so that people could read through it as well. Um, what a beautiful package. Anyway, I had this idea obviously early on because I must have mentioned it to Jenny Bailey because she told me not to worry about that just to get the interviews done. And that was really great advice. When I finished doing the 4321 trip, I swung back around to that idea because it was a great way to procrastinate. And I, a friend, Jess, told me, I just don't think you need to do that. And I thought, I've heard this before. And so I listened to Jess and Jenny and I did away with it um, being perfect, but I had already actually uploaded onto otter um otter like the animal dot ai this website where you can load your audio up i did pay a subscription fee because i had so many hours of audio and the free service i think there was some other benefit with paying um as there always is but yeah i paid for i think it was like 16 bucks a month and i might have had it for a maximum two months just to get it all uploaded and so i uploaded all the audio onto that and it transcribes for you spits out a document now the document that it spat out was it perfect absolutely by no no means not at all did i really even use it no not really i did try and do like a search on the document when i was trying to find a specific piece of audio that i could remember had happened in the interview to like put at the start of the interview or just even sort of move move things within the interview uh but yeah sometimes you'd search something you know you would search mount isa and it would be like honestly like cradle mountain like completely different like just completely different i don't even know um anyway i'll blame my interviewees in the way that they enunciate no i blame otter anyway it's not perfect it's not a perfect service but i just do mention it in case you in case you are looking for something like that so then i got to the editing and look it was um a long process that just took me weeks and weeks and weeks i would some weekends i would not do any because i was just so sick and tired of doing it um and i just wanted to enjoy my weekend and sometimes I would do it, you know, in an afternoon after work as well as the weekend. So I started yeah, into, uh, editing up all the, the interviews. And really, as I say, I had the experience with Audacity before. And so I was kind of relying on that, on my memory, and also just jumping onto YouTube when I was a bit stuck on something. And, you know, doing fun things like one episode um, in Joe's episode, I have to... She, she wanted me to make sure that the person's name was not mentioned. So I had to bleep it out. And that was so fun being able to um, find out how to bleep out something. So that was probably the most fun I had with audio editing um, because the rest was quite um, stop, start, stop, start. Uh, because you're listening and then you're like, oh, that, can I get rid of that sound? You know, but 
Also, it was really great to just re-listen to my interviews. And so I actually haven't gone back again and listened to the podcast episodes in their entirety because I listened to them so intimately um, when I was editing. And, And it was great too because, you know, I didn't start editing straight away. So there'd been some weeks and then in some cases months since those interviews had taken place. So it was really great to be reminded about things that were said. Um, It was like learning them all over again. And then I was still editing when I decided that I would launch on the 11th of August. I think I must have just got to probably a fortnight out, knowing my pattern, um, and thought, I really need to set a date for this because I want it out by the end of the year. And do you know what? If it gets much further and I want them going out weekly, we're going to have 12 weeks and um, it will be, the last episode will be getting, you know, launched in 2022. And that is not the, that is not the brief. So, uh, you know, I'd had it good for four or five months, I guess, um, and thought enough is enough. We need to select a launch date because you need a deadline to work to. So I selected the 11th of August and got cracking on making sure things were out. So I had my episodes largely ready um, and intros and outros was working on those. And then I realized that to launch, I would need to figure out how to actually get it onto these podcast platforms. So like a website, you need a host to to host your podcast. And my friend, Matt Tellick, MT, he is uh, my friend Whitney's husband. And he had launched a podcast the year before called The Binary Podcast really great listen if you are interested and uh and shout out to you mt uh and so i contacted matt and said hey what did you use to host your podcast and he used soundcloud my friend heather who had told me about the um the order of the interviews she had suggested something else which uh maybe like woodpla or something like that it's called sorry can't really remember but i went with soundcloud i think because i had had used soundcloud before um to listen to some music so uh, and just because I respect MT's word, not that I don't respect your word, um, Heather, uh, but uh, yeah, I think I just went with the SoundCloud option because it was something that I, I knew and had heard of. And so I jumped on there and what you do is you literally just upload like your cover art and then and, and your show description, etc. And you're given an RSS feed and that's what you need to then go to Apple and Spotify to uh, you apply for your show with Apple and Spotify. They are the two platforms that I chose. Uh, they seem to also, or through SoundCloud, it seems to then feed to just a bunch of podcast places. Um, I did not apply to those places. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just listened to my podcast either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So I was just going with what I know. Um, and, but a friend, she uses a different podcast app to listen to hers. And my, my, my show was there without me doing anything. So unsure how the internet works but it's crazy it's a crazy place uh anyway so i had jumped on soundcloud i pay a 16 dollars a month subscription to have an unlimited monthly account um and then i jumped onto apple and to spotify and they actually have pages on there that tell you how you can apply to have a show so i literally just followed their steps you put it in and i think like i'd left it right to the end of course i hadn't done it in january so um, it takes like 24 hours, it says, for your show to be accepted. It felt like it took um, a week, but I don't, it must have taken a couple of days though. And um, I thought, they're not going to accept my show. Um, what do you know? They, they don't know that I'm the second best journalist in Australia, or they do, and they're trying to sabotage me. Anyway, it wasn't personal. It just took its time and it was fine. So when you do that application, you put in your RSS feed, 
and uh, suddenly your show is just there. So anything that you make public will jump onto those platforms once they have accepted your show. So then I put up a teaser episode and what do you know, it did what it said it would do and it was on Apple and Spotify and that was so fun. Um, When it came to the actual launch date, I um, swung back from being loosey-goosey to a control freak and I had to get up really early that morning for work and so at like 4am I'm sitting at my computer and I haven't, you know, you can schedule episodes, which is what I did subsequently, but uh, instead of uploading them and uh, scheduling them as I had planned, I was just set on being a control freak and I needed to upload the episode that morning and I needed to press publish and make it public that morning. Um, No questions asked. So uh, look, I wish I hadn't because it did take, it says it'll take 60 seconds, you know, for it to upload once it's made public, but that 60 seconds seemed to stretch for like five minutes and every minute counted that morning to get it on the road early. Uh, But what do you know the internet did what it said it was going to do and so I thought you know what for episode two I'm just now that episode one's out I'm just you know it's not the launch date anymore so even if it's a couple hours late I'm gonna just schedule it for midnight and then if it's not there when I wake up then I can jump on and be the control freak that I am so look I did that and it was totally fine they were there and so suddenly I was just scheduling my podcast episodes uploading them to SoundCloud Um, leaving them private, making them go public midnight Wednesday, which was the day that I chose. So that was really that. And I had launched a podcast and week after week, the episodes would come out and it was so awesome to get feedback from people that were listening along. I really, really thank you so much to everyone that messaged and um, was telling me about what they liked and um, little glitches that they found and things like that. The audio, um, as I say, was not perfect. I haven't even mentioned about the Armadale show because I mentioned at the top of those episodes when there is crappy audio. And uh, you know what? I just say embrace it because I got it done and I'm so glad I did. I really am keen for season two. But just on that, uh, you know, as I said, best laid plans were that I would have season two. Um, I think a version of me would also have thought maybe I would have a season three out. But when it came to, to it, you know, at the end of last year, um, just really boring things like being very busy with my my work. So the last episode came out at the end of October, I think, or somewhat sometime in October. And by December, you know, like that October to December run was just hectic with work. Uh, and then at the start of this year, I, I'd had some leave booked. So I had most of January off and I spent most of it sick with COVID, which was great. Thanks, COVID. And I really, as I say, very boring, just a lot of post-viral uh, fatigue and and uh, coughing and lung issues so it's been a joy uh, but I have just also been working on other projects that I wanted to sort of give a bit more of my attention this year and uh, just living so that has been that is why there's no season two it's you know a reason um, you can decide uh, on the scale of good to bad and uh, how worthy it is but as I was launching season one I had sort of been writing down ideas for season two and I've got names and things that I want to do I want to make season two a bit more structured Uh, I will tell you that that's the plan at the moment that could change two weeks out who knows but I do want to try a more structured format because I really do enjoy listening to a show when there is a format that they follow and you know kind of what to expect and also just because I want to try something different, you know, season one was very much about just getting it out into the world and and doing something that I said I was going to do and staying true to that 4-3-2-1, doing something amazing on that countdown day. 
Uh, I'd love to know what the next countdown day will be in the calendar. If you know it, send me a message. I'll absolutely jump on board on that. But I, I do want to try something different and play with that to see whether I like I like the structure or if I don't, then who knows? But yeah, I just, I'm very keen to do more storytelling. I love it. I enjoy it so much. I'm so grateful to the people that I interviewed. I'm really excited to see what happens next. And I just want to say thank you for listening this far. Um, I hope there was some gossip for the people that came to Pry. Uh, if you want to know where Karen, the kinesiologist works, hit me up. If you want to know more details about anything, I'll try and answer your questions. Otherwise, I guess for now, we'll just say happy birthday. How do you decide you're a one-year-old and uh, off we go. So I will be back here, I, maybe for the second birthday, maybe with the season two before then, who knows? It's anyone's guess. But until then, make good choices. Thank you.